0: Come on. Strong, the powerful Sean Harper has returned to Lifeblood. Welcome back, Sean.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, excited to have you back on. Sean is the co-founder of Kin. They're an organization fixing the homeowner's insurance industry, providing simple, personalized and affordable home insurance designed for you. Sean, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do.
1: <laughs> um, I don't know, to be honest, why I do this. being <laughs> being an entrepreneur is so stressful and there's so many ups and downs and stuff, but I am addicted to it. Uh, to be honest, I love it. Uh, you know, it's, this is my, you know, fourth business and I've got dozens of little investments and little companies. And I just, it, you know, for, for me, it's, it's my creative output. It's my, it's, it's like, it's like art almost. This is what I love to do. I like to make things and, you know, I like to make useful things that make people's lives better, and it's it's pretty fun, you know. Even even though it can be really stressful and a lot of ups and downs. So, you know, I'm really excited about Can. We've been working on this one for five years, and <clears throat> about two years ago, it reached this just inflection point where we had everything not everything where we had a lot of things figured out, and the business was just cooking. And uh, that's a really fun place to be.
0: Yeah, for sure it is. So about two years ago, you're just grinding, you're, you're doing everything and things start to click a little bit. And now fast forward, when when um, the, the news broke about a month, two months ago that you'd made the decision to, to, to go public via SPAC, when did that conversation start?
1: It's a long process It involves a lot of stuff. You know, there's a lot of internal stuff we have to do, you know, to get ready to be a public company. Um, there's a lot of regulatory stuff we have to do, you know, just going back and forth with the sec and making sure that, you know, our financial statements are the way they want them. Uh, and then there's a lot of external stuff we have to do. We have to appeal to like a, a whole new investor constituency, right? We've always been raising money in the private markets from VCs and, you know, other sort of private growth investors. And now we have to get to know all these public investors, (laughs) mutual funds and hedge funds and, and all of that stuff. And then, of course, there's also finding the right spec, negotiating that deal with them. The SPAC does diligence. That was a two-month-long process. It was tougher diligence than we'd ever had in one of our previous rounds, uh, which I think a lot of specs there's a reputation that maybe they're not doing that diligence, because in our case, it was brutal and thorough. <laughs> and so, we looked at every crack and crevice of the business. So yeah, it's a it's been a whole process and it's and it's still ongoing. Um, but it's it's fun, you know. It's it's just like a lot of new stuff to learn and it's a big new step for the company and that's kind of the stuff we like.
0: Nice. I'm sure it's absolutely fascinating and frustrating and maddening and and and, and all those things kind of mixed up together. It fast I mean, I am not a analytical spreadsheet kind of a person. Um, so when people are asking you for your books, are, is, it, is, it, is it a function of the SEC wants to see this, these investments want to see that? Or is there like a uniform set of information that gets shared?
1: Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty uniform. Um, you know, everything for the SEC has to be, a, has to be uh, displayed according to GAAP, you know, generally accepted accounting principles but you know gap also doesn't capture everything in the business right so the other probably more complicated part is within the you know public statements that you make there's this section called the mdna the management discussion and analysis and that's where you can present other metrics that help people understand the business and then also provide commentary to help everyone understand how those how those metrics connect to the gap metrics and that's where a lot of the the back and forth goes because it's, it's ambiguous and obviously the sec doesn't want you putting anything out there that's confusing or on you know untrue you know the mdna is not audited in the same way the gap financials are by the by the auditors um and so you know i'm i'm, I'm very happy you know at this point ken now has this big finance team we have this big legal team and uh you know they, they they've been you know, working really hard on, on doing all that. Cause it's, it's real work. Um, you know, and, and in the early days, you just don't need to worry about that. Right? Like the four years ago, again, I was like, how do I get the investor money? How do I get the customers? How do I make sure the product is right? How do we make sure the tech is good? So it's, you know, not slowing us down three years from now when we're, when we're a bigger company, how do I recruit people? And of course we still have to worry about all that stuff. And now we just sure. have more other <laughs> things to worry about too. So.
0: and oh, by the way, it's it's the insurance industry. So there's some people over there that probably are interested in uh, checking everything out too.
1: A hundred percent. Yeah, and that was actually <laughs> one thing that made it a little bit easier uh, to to go public for us. Was you know we have been operating in a very heavily regulated industry. So ever since, so we, Ken, Ken made a shift in our business model. We shifted. In 2019, before that, we had been sort of like a virtual insurance company, and we had been renting all the regulatory and capital and all that apparatus from another company. In 2019, we were like, hey, we're ready for the big time. We want to, well, actually, in 2018, we were like, hey, we're ready for the big time. We're going to do this and create our own insurance company. It took a year to make that happen, which was longer than I expected. Let's put it that way. And uh you know, ever since then we've been operating. So we've we've always had to have you know, audits of our financials. We've had to create publicly accessible financials for the insurance regulators. No, they're not exactly the same as what you need for the SEC, but it did give us like some practice doing that, which I think was helpful.
0: Yeah, I have to imagine. I imagine it's sort of just a very odd experience to to open the kimono and really share all that information, so so fascinating. <laughs> um, yeah. What what is what, what does the future hold? I saw that, that you were uh, looking at acquiring, I think it was an inactive insurance carrier. Tell me more about that.
1: Yeah, so this is one of the hacks. You know, one of the weird things about insurance is it is regulated actually by each state. And so we set up this insurance entity. <clears throat> it's, it's actually a really cool structure. It's owned... It's an insurance company that's owned by our policyholders that we manage for them, and that's called the Kin Interinsurance Network. And we set that up in 2019 uh, in our in our home state, which is Florida. And it takes time then after you've set up in one state to port all those licenses to to other states. And there's a whole set of rules around that that are I won't bore you with right now. Um, but if you want to get into more states faster, basically the hack is you can buy an existing insurance company. Now the problem is if you're selling your existing insurance company, either it comes with a business or it doesn't. And if it doesn't, usually it's cause something went wrong. Sure. <laughs> That's not a good thing. And so a lot of the times you'll see these things come up for sale and they have, all of this baggage associated with them. It could be a real pain in the butt to clean up pretty expensive, you know, because one of the things about insurance is you can actually make a claim much later. Mm. So you could have a company that really stopped doing business five years ago and then whoops, we got a claim today and maybe it's a big one. Uh, and so that's, that's the thing you do when you're doing diligence on one of these. But we, we did find one of these and they call these shells within the insurance industry. If it's a sort of, empty carcass of an insurance company and uh you know we found one that was really clean and had licenses and it's more than 40 states and we were able to negotiate to buy that uh so it's it's a way for us to get into more geographies faster than we otherwise would which is you know exciting for us
0: yeah for sure but just because you're now able to operate in 40 states i don't imagine that that means you all of a sudden start operating in 40 states
1: no cause they're all different these states are like countries and so yeah. you know we're, we're actually only in three states right now we're in Florida California and Louisiana <clears throat> believe it or not those three states together are about 20% of the total country in terms of dollars spent on homeowners insurance which is what we do <laughs> the whole industry is about 115 billion dollars and about 20% of that is just those three states which is pretty crazy actually um and, uh, you know, we, one thing we've done, I think really well is focus our efforts on getting those states exactly right and to get critical mass and get brand recognition, make sure that our pricing and actuarial, uh, you know, stuff is, is really up to snuff and you just can't do that. We couldn't do that if we did, if we launched 20 states tomorrow, like legally, maybe we could. Technically, we could because our software is really flexible It allows us to do all of that it's part of what makes Ken great. But it wouldn't be smart (laughs) because we just wouldn't have enough focus. So, you know, our plan is over the next 12 months to launch a handful of other large states that will get us to a a little bit more than half of the total addressable market in the country. And, you know, we think that's the smart way to do it because we'll be doing each of those states really seriously. You know, have our actuaries you know, develop really excellent pricing that takes time. I uh, have our marketing team come up with a marketing strategy that makes sense for each of those States. Um, and then we're also looking for States where there's like a good business opportunity because you know, we like a state where the prices are going up and where insurance might be a little bit harder to get. Um, just cause it makes it easier for us to enter. Right. Everyone's like, like, you know, just to use an example here, where I live in Illinois, people don't care that much about insurance for their homes, but where our, where our other offices in Florida, people just think about it a lot more. So you, you live in Arizona, Arizona is actually a very stable, easy insurance state. But if you go just a little bit West, actually, if you go, if you just go to Colorado, Colorado is totally different. Colorado has been wrecked by these hailstorms and wildfires. Insurance is almost twice, it's actually more than twice as expensive on average in Colorado than it is in Arizona, Hmm. and prices are going up, some insurers are reducing their capacity, and so that would actually be a really good time for us to enter because, you know, uh, people really need insurance there. That's that's what gets us fired up as entrepreneurs, is like, let's make something people really need. Uh, It's just a lot more fun that way.
0: Interesting, so to a degree it is when when events, negative things happen in an area that is almost like a stock market correction where that's the right time to buy if you have the money.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. So in insurance, they call it a hard market or a soft market. It's a hard market if prices are going, are going up and insurance is scarce. It's a soft market when prices are going down and insurance is plentiful. And so all else equal, you actually kind of want to take the contrarian point of view and go in in the hard market because it's just sort of like wind at your back uh, and these things they just you know it's it cycles right it's it's uh, it's it's never in a straight line one direction or the other
0: I certainly I, I I don't know if this is true or not but my perception is that as as the climate is experiencing changes that if i was an existing company that had been doing business for 100 years versus y'all who are now coming in new with sort of a new set of eyes and a new approach to this that would probably be very good
1: yeah it's it's a big problem so so the the really like big like the even more mid meta problem within insurance is that it's it's an industry with not very many competitors or it's pretty concentrated and on average those competitors are at least for our line which is homeowners 100 And seven years old Wow, (laughs) these companies have been around for a long time. like, there's some really good things about being around for that long. But one of the things that's really hard to do if you've been around that long is to respond to changes and the world is changing a lot right now. And so you'll see they're really bad at responding to changes. And one change they're really bad at responding to is the change in consumer preferences, right? People don't necessarily want to go into an insurance store in their neighborhood now they want to do it all on their phone and laptop. Um, another change they want to do is they, they've ha- had a hard time with this technology. Where a lot of these insurance companies are running off of these often still mainframe systems that are 30, 40 years old. And the people within these insurance companies are really frustrated because the tech doesn't do the things that would allow them to practice their craft you know, optimally. And then, of course, the one you just talked about is is a huge one, probably the biggest of them, which is the climate is changing, which is causing the weather to change, and and they have a hard time responding to that too. So, you know, we see that as actually a really big opportunity. You know, first of all, for us to build a big business, second of all, for us to provide useful output to society, because this is happening everywhere, right? Like, I think twenty years ago, people would look at Florida. They say, Oh, the hurricanes are getting worse. The flooding is getting worse. This isn't it's not good. Let's go somewhere else. <laughs> but you can't hide from it because you see it happening everywhere now, right? The weather is getting more extreme in every state of the country. Now it's impacting some more than others. It's impacting people by the ocean. It's impacting people in the west where it gets really dry and you have these fires. Uh, it's impacting people in sort of the southern uh, Southern Midwest with all the hail and tornadoes that they've had. And this is, you know, this is something where our technology can really help us because we're able to pull in all of the data about the physical structure of a home, because you actually can build your home to be resilient against these things. Like <clears throat> you can build your home so it can withstand 150 mile hour winds. You don't need to do that everywhere, (laughs) but if you live in a place where you get 150 mile an hour winds three or four times a year, well, you probably should, right? And you should have a lower cost of insurance than somebody whose home is is only built to sustain 100 mile per hour winds. And so that's really what we're good at figuring out is we use all of these data sources. We... use a lot of, we we extract a lot of unstructured data, sorry, we extract a lot of structured data from unstructured data, like images and property inspections and building permits and stuff like that to figure out which homes are going to be more resilient than others. And we're able to offer those homes a lower price, still offer insurance to the people whose homes are not as resilient, but it'll be at a higher price when that reflects the true risk of it. And in that way, we're able to operate in these areas profitably when many other other companies
0: can't fascinating that certainly makes sense taking in all available information and then setting prices based on that um so what 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 is the experience for people when they come to your site and they inquire about insurance do they provide all this information do they give you permission to do it how, how or how, how how does it work
1: you know they really just enter their address and then that's all the, that's all we need hmm. so you know in the in the old way you know, there's probably 40 fields of data that go into underwriting, you know, that historically go into underwriting a homeowner's policy. And the way the insurance companies got that data was by asking the user or asking the agent. No, I think that's kind of silly. It's like if you apply for a credit card and they were like, well, do you usually pay your bills on time? <laughs> like, what are you going to say? Right? Yes, of course. Totally. <laughs> I always say that. And so they'll ask you the same thing in insurance. They'll be like, well, is your roof in good shape? What are you gonna say? I mean, first of all, I have no idea. Like I, <laughs> I've i never been up on my roof. I hope I so. <laughs> I don't even know how old it is. Like I know it was here when I bought the house. <laughs> like that's the that's a situation a lot of people are in. So what we would do differently for a roof then is we actually buy gigabytes of aerial imagery and we run that through a uh, machine learning algorithm that will tell us this roof looks like it's in really good shape or this roof doesn't look. And then we'll go and we'll pull all the data out of your home inspection, which you can upload uh, just by snapping a photo of it and out of building permits Now those are public record. Now they're really messy data. So we have a lot of infrastructure to clean that data up and make use of it out of the real estate records, out of the tax records, you know, we're, we're able to pull all this data out and sort of triangulate and say, Oh, we think this roof is, you know, it, it's a good, it's a good roof or a bad roof. Obviously there's a lot of gradation in that. And, and it's just a lot more scientific and granular, um, than the way the industry has been done, been doing it before. So you, so it's nice for the consumer. You don't need to tell us very much. You just give us your address and then we'll give you some pre-configured options for insurance that we think make sense based on our algorithms. We give you the opportunity to tweak it. Now about 20% of our customers <clears throat> don't need a whole lot of help and they kind of go through all the way on their own the other 80% need help or want help or they just want to double check something. Maybe they got all the way through, they think they got everything right. And they're like, I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know what this term means. Right. It's like, could I ask somebody about it? And so then they actually talk to, you know, our customer service people who, you know, if you look at our online reviews, a lot of our customers will actually like mention the CSR they talk to by name be like, I like Kim cause it was fast. It was cheap. I love Kate because she was so helpful. Uh, and, and that's a big part of what we do because we're not, you know, we're trying to build a company that's friendly and human as well as high tech. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so so a lot of customers do interact with us that way, too. And and, uh, and they like it. And, that's, and it's that easy. And then you have insurance. <laughs> and then you don't need to worry about it anymore because the reality is nobody really wants to worry about insurance. It's the last thing you want to worry about, you just want to know that you have it. Uh, And you need to have it because, you know, mortgage companies require that you have it. And so we just make it really easy. And then, you know, the next thing, you know, the the reality is people really don't touch their insurance except for buying it. And then when they have a claim and on the claim side, we're able to use a lot of the same data, uh, a lot of the same tech to make that a lot easier, too. So, like, we just got hit by. Big hurricane, historic hurricane, Hurricane Ida in uh, in in Louisiana, and we were actually able to, in many cases, identify damage to the user's home, dispatch somebody out to start fixing it or at least mitigate the damage. Things like put a tarp over a hole in a roof, dry out, uh, you know, the first floor that's been flooded. We're able to do that actually before the user returned home. Wow. Because a lot of people left, right, and they, and they should have left. That was a smart thing to do. Go to, you know, Houston or Atlanta or somewhere that's like out of out of the way of the storm, and then and then ride it out and come back. So a lot of people didn't even know, and we were texting them. We're like, hey, here's an image of your home from an airplane. It looks like there's a hole in the roof. Can I get somebody out there to cover it up for you so it doesn't the damage doesn't get worse? And of course, that's a very different experience than you get with a traditional insurance company where you'd have to wait until you get home. By then the damage is even worse. You have to call them, <clears throat> they'll send some guy out in a pickup truck to look at it. You know, a little bit later, you'll get somebody out there to fix it, and it's just, it's just a lot slower. And it, with these things, speed really matters.
0: <clears throat> that's awesome. I think that, that's, that that's, that's really incredible, frankly, to hear that. So, I love it. It's also reassuring that us human beings are still going to have jobs for a little while longer, right? <laughs> We're not going to be totally yeah. replaced by the uh, computers just yet, Sean. Well, I, I wanted to be sure to uh, ask you. You've had the opportunity to 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 work with Gary Vaynerchuk, and he's this iconic public entrepreneur. What has that experience been like?
1: Mm. <clears throat> Gary's incredible. Um, so, so he. I mean, he's one of the best marketing people in the world. I, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and, and it's funny, actually. I've I've been a fan of of Gary's for for a long time. And even going back two businesses ago, we were always, you know, sort of following his playbook because he's really good at it. Um, you know, right now we're in the process of going public by merging with the spec that Gary is involved in and he's actually been really helpful. One thing that, that he did that that really was, was amazingly cool was Gary and his firm helped us produce a movie. Uh, it's a short movie it's a 7 minute long movie and do you know do you know what the do you know about the florida man meme do you know what that is i do <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay so all, i'll i'll explain what it is cuz a lot of people don't there's there's this meme about it's called florida man and it's all about like it, it basically makes all of florida out to be like these dumb hicks that do all these stupid things and the reason why that meme exists is actually because Florida has really, really good public disclosure laws. And so anytime something crazy happens and the police are involved or anything, it ends up in the public record. Like actually that's kind of, that's kind of cool. Like state states probably should have transparency that way, but it makes it really easy for like link bait journalists to find these crazy things. Cause people do crazy things everywhere, you know, and you'll end up with these headlines like Florida man, you know, runs over his own foot with the lawnmowers. It's just stupid things like that. And so it's developed this bad reputation. So what we said is like, listen, let's recast the Florida man. Let's make a movie about it. And the movie is called Florida man. <laughs> it's, it's about this guy. The, the Florida man is actually becomes this like sympathetic misunderstood hero. And, uh, it's actually just, you know, and, and it is true that like <clears throat> The weather in Florida is crazy. The wildlife is crazy. You know, this is sort of the price you pay for living in paradise because Florida is actually really beautiful. And so we created this this movie, and it's like it's funny, it's redeeming <laughs> for the state, uh, and it's, it's 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 gone actually somewhat viral. Like it has more than a million views, and people really love it. And nice, that was all something we did with Gary. They just like, he's so smart on this stuff. Like it, it's not easy to do that. Right. Cause it's actually kind of treading into negative territory, but to do it with the right tone, you know, where it's funny, but still respectful is, is, you know, that, that's what good marketers do. Um, you know, the other thing Gary helped us do was actually recruit our CMO. Who's, uh, who's new to us as of this spring. His name's Victor. He's really sharp. Uh, he's someone that Gary had worked with before. So, you know, it's, it's been a great partnership so far. He's also just really fun to hang out with and has a lot of Twitter followers and stuff like that, so it's,
0: it's all good. Incredible. Nice. Well, Sean, congratulations on all your success. I appreciate you coming back on. Where can people learn more about you? How can they connect with Kin, and where can they check out Florida, man?
1: <laughs> all, all this stuff is uh, easy to find at our website. It's kin.com, K-I-N.com. Uh, You know, It's Kin like family. And uh, we've got the Florida man uh, video up there and a bunch of other cool stuff we've made uh, as well as, you know, it's, it's really easy to get insurance.
0: Love it. Well, if you enjoyed this much as I did, show Sean your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to kin.com. It's K-I-N.com and check out all the great resources. Check out the Florida man video and um, get insurance easy and efficient and all that good stuff thanks again John.
1: thank you
0: and until next time keep fighting the good fight we are all in this together